Hello. Today's episode of Future of the Fairway is brought to you by American Classic Golf Club, home of the first world fling golf tournament. Here at American Classic, we like to do things a bit differently. We offer nine holes instead of 18. We like to deck out our golf carts and American flags, and we make sure to put the biggest emphasis on having fun. If you're ever visiting the Lewis or Rehoboth Beach areas or anywhere near Lower Delaware, please give us a call today to book your fling golf tea time. You can do so by giving us a call at 302-703-6662 or visiting us at AmericanClassicGolf.com for more information. We look forward to having you. We hope to see you soon. And do not forget, you got to aim high to let it fly. Coming back from Delaware, just learning a lot from there. Um, and then really just, just honed it in and focused on it. You know, I was out probably three, four times a week, and I'll give my wife credit for that. Uh, we do have a young child. Um, she's one and a half. But uh, she really got behind me and was like, listen, I know this is important to you. You know, go out and play as much as you want, you know, and make it happen. So I was able to get out a lot. I was able to practice a lot um, and make that jump, you know, to, to be where I want to be, to really show off the skills that I have. But yeah, I, I know what you mean about the Bulls, because growing up, um, you know, in, in the late 90s, I was a a big Michael Jordan fan, a big Bulls fan. Um, and it's crazy to think about, like, the the amount of power that that man had. Just like you, you made some kid from rural Pennsylvania a Chicago fan. Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast with Adam Copeland. I am glad to have you back listening to uh, today's episode, and I'm just as likely, just as uh, similarly thrilled uh, to welcome Zach Mulvey, uh, the Mountaineer, uh, to the, today's podcast. Uh, Zach hails from Pennsylvania, uh, is a top ten fling golfer uh, from the individual standpoint. He is half of the team champion. Uh, he and Big Cat took. Uh, Top honors at the team tournament in the Virginia Fling Golf Open uh, in October, and uh, an all-around fantastic guy. We had a great conversation, uh, speaking about uh, his his background with fling golf, how he came to uh, find out about the sport, uh, how he's grown in it, uh, what he's focused on, and improving his game. Uh, Zach went from I think nineteenth uh, at the Delaware tournament to sixth. Um, at the Virginia Fling Golf Open. Um, just a, a great player, great guy. Uh, we we get into talking about college sports um, and college sports loyalties uh, as well in this podcast, um, along with a whole bunch of other topics, as we usually do uh, on the future of the fairway. So um, thank you for being here. Um, if you have not done so, please go and give the podcast a, a five-star rating wherever you listen. Uh, leave a comment or a review um, so that we can get uh, the podcast out to more and more folks. Um, I really think that uh, this podcast is not only a lot of fun, but uh, it can be really informative uh, to 
let people know about uh, the great players that we have in the sport, the great community that we have, um, and and listening to uh, some of the stories that we uh, find along the way about not only about fling golf but about each other. So, once again, thanks for being here. Go and rate us, leave a comment, and now we will go over and listen to the Mountaineer. All right, uh, very excited to welcome. Uh, Zach Mulvey, the Mountaineer, uh, to the podcast. Uh, Zach, welcome, and how are you doing? I'm well, Adam. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I, you know, doing pretty well. Um, we were uh, chatting before about the um, uh, the shooting uh, relatively near me uh, in Charlottesville earlier, so that um, puts a, a bit of a damper on stuff. But outside of that, um, doing uh, doing pretty well. Um, pretty, pretty nice weekend. I'm excited about the colder weather that's coming through. Um, so yeah, uh, overall pretty, pretty good. Um, you were, uh, out at a Steelers game yesterday, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So me and Mike, uh, big cat went down. We go down to most of the Steeler games. Um, we got connections on there with a tailgate and a guy that puts on the tailgate and stuff like that. So, uh, we go down to most of them. It's a fun time. Very cool. Um, who uh, is it? Usually, you, you and Mike, and you'll you'll meet up with other other friends. Um, yeah, it just depends. I mean, sometimes uh, like my wife will come down, or you know, his girlfriend, or you know, just us. Uh, but every time we go down there, like I said, we have that tailgate connection. So there's guys down there that we know, and we see them every week. So you know, just a bunch of friends down there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good. Um, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm curious about the uh, the weather up your way. How many how many more d- weeks or is it days that you'll have to to get out and fling? Uh, honestly, uh, the the fling golf might be over for the season. Um, we got out last week and it was nice. Um, but with that being said, you know we got a couple of days this week that are a high of like 29. So uh, today was 41. Um, it's getting real cold up here. The snow's going to start flying soon. Luckily, the Bronzewood Golf Course, our home golf course, is open year-round. So if it does uh, warm up or, you know, we have a day without snow or a couple days without snow, uh, we can get out there. But um, as for, you know, consistent playing, it's it's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, um, when the ground gets frozen and hard and there's no snow in there, what um, how many yards do you pick up uh, on the fairway? That's where uh, that's where we get the longest drives ever. Uh <laughs> They, uh, you probably pick up with the frozen ground. Honestly, you probably pick up a good 20, 30, 40 yards, awesome. depending. Um, if you get a nice roll, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I, I guess there's some some benefits, uh, <laughs> for that, but um, but yeah, just a we, bit, yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, um, uh, really glad to have you here and, um, would love to, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about, um, back your background in getting into fling golf i've chatted with a uh, big cat uh, a couple of times and uh know the two of you have been playing together uh, for quite a while but i uh, would love to get your um uh your story your perspective on how you came to find it and um you know your your fling golf journey yeah so uh honestly you can uh, credit it all to big cat um i started dating my wife in uh december of 2015 and um Big Cat actually at the time was dating her cousin. So he would be around for, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we never really talked much, you know, just knew that we both played sports, knew we went to different high schools. Um, we were from high schools that are a big rivalry, so we just kind of never really talked. Uh, but one day in uh, 2017, April of 2017, we went over to to their house and had a little barbecue and stuff. And, you know, I said, hey, man, you know, what, what do you like to do? You know, we live in the same town now. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you, want, what do, you do around here? And he said he, he he golfs, and I was like, oh, I can I golf, and he was like, but I fling golf. What what is that? <laughs> um, so you know, I watched a video. Um, there's that guy flinging in a driving range. He showed me that video. He took me out on a course, um, and then you know the rest was history. Uh, I'm super competitive, so he was beating me, and so I was like, well, now I got to buy my own stick and make sure that uh, I can beat him on a regular basis. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, the rest is history. I've been playing ever since. Uh, I can, like I said, credit it all to Big Cat for for introducing me to this sport, and uh, you know, here we are. Cool, cool. So y'all didn't know each other until um, uh, until seventeen or so. Yeah, so he's he's like three years older than me. Um, we did grow up in the same kind of area, mm-hmm. um, probably about twenty miles apart. Um, you know, he was a state championship wrestler, so so I heard the name. Um, you know, I I've heard his name before, putting you know, a football, wrestling, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I, I never really knew him until until later in life. Okay, cool. And so you grew up in that um, uh, that same area. Um, what's the uh, what's the West Virginia connection? So I grew up in Sharon. He grew up in Reynolds. They're about 20 uh, miles apart. Um, mm-hmm. When I was looking for colleges, uh, I, I was looking around and, you know, WVU was one that kept popping into my head. Um, my uncle actually had a basketball scholarship to WVU okay. um, in the 70s. But unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident um, before his senior year. So he never oh. got to go. Um, so when I was looking at colleges, my grandmother, his mother, had said, hey, you know, why don't why don't you try this out? And uh, I went down, uh, just felt a real connection there. Loved the campus, loved the environment, and then again, you know, uh, it was one of a kind of a family connection. So I ended up going to West Virginia, um, stayed down there for four years, graduated, stayed for one year after, just to kind of hang out. And uh, you know, I, I go back anytime I can. I probably go back three or four times a year. I've made lifelong friends from there. Um, so that's where the the West Virginia connection comes in. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, what um, how were uh, WVU sports uh, when you were there? Were they um, what was it? Which conference were they in? Then? So it was when I was there uh, in basketball and football for the first two years. We were in the Big East, okay. um, and then my junior year we switched to the Big Twelve. Um, so sports were pretty good when I was there. Um, you know, no national championships or anything like that. I was there for the Final Four run in basketball. Oh, so that was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we went to the Big Twelve, and we had Geno Smith and Tavon Austin, and you know, the human highlight reels. So it was yeah. awesome to watch them play football. Um, so yeah, sports were you know they weren't greatest in record wise, but uh, they were a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What were you studying? I actually studied um, athletic coaching education, which is like a, it's a rare major. Not many places have it. Um, you know, I was a young kid that loved sports and somebody told me I could be the next Nick Saban. <laughs> so I ran <laughs> with it. Cool. Did that uh, help you out at all with what you're doing now? No, absolutely not. I am in, uh, I'm in sales for Sherwin Williams, uh, uh-huh. Fortune 500 paint company. I, I deal in paint every day. 
Um, the only thing I can say is I guess it helped me with uh, communication tactics and, you know, just reading people. But um, other than that, you know, the, the degree, the piece of paper just kind of got me in the door with them. Right, right. How long have you been with Sherwin Williams? Uh, I started with them in the summer of 17, so okay. five years. Cool. So um, on a, um, you started playing uh, fling golf, I'm guessing with, uh, with Mike, uh, what was the, uh, what was the trajectory? Did you, uh, did you pick it up pretty quickly? Um, and how long did it take you until you were able to beat him in a round? Um, I would say I did pick it up pretty quickly, probably around the fourth or fifth hole. Um, I picked up the the throwing part and, um, you know, just your drives. It took me a while to pick up the putting because back mm -hmm. then um, they just had the notch. They didn't have the putting pad. That was just the original AK-1s. Yeah. Um, so it, it took me a while to get that because I never played hockey or anything. So that was just real weird to push it. Um, but I'd say, I don't know, probably 10 rounds and I was beating them. Not not regularly, but I think 10 <laughs> rounds I beat him, the, beat him the first time. He won't admit that, though. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. That's fun. And were y'all uh, were y'all playing at Bronzewood uh, uh, from the get go? So, no, not really. Um, we 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 kind of like to play everywhere, um, mm -hmm. and that was kind of the thing with us. Um, you know, we really because you got to remember at the beginning too, like we were just forming our friendship. So it's crazy to think to think back to then that there was a time that we weren't friends. Because I mean, I'm with this kid if not every day, at least every week, um, you know, we, we do everything together. So yeah, it, yeah. it's hard to think of, but we do, we, we, we were traveling around. Um, there's like 40 golf courses within a 30 minute drive of me. Oh, wow. So That's awesome. yeah. So we tried to play everywhere. Um, a lot of times we go to Dum Dum. That's that, the free golf course I talk about. It's the only free mm -hmm, golf course mm -hmm. in America. You just walk on or sign in, walk on and play. Um, it is a walking course, but yeah, I, um, so we played there a lot. We played, you know, local courses, tried to travel and tried to hit as many golf courses as we could. Um, just recently, we started playing at Bronzewood because they've just been really accepting of the the fling golf game and, and really, you know, behind us, you know, supporting us a lot. So um, really just recently, we've really been playing there as much as we can. Yeah, yeah. There's a pretty, I'd say, epic picture of the uh, the two of you all in front of their sign uh, with your um, uh, your uh medals uh your chains from the um from the virginia fling off open uh team event win uh which was a uh, pretty yeah. sweet yeah and i i'll tell you what adam i can't say enough about virginia um it, it was great uh don't get me wrong you know delaware was the first so that'll always be sentimental to everybody but virginia is right up there with it um you know i had a lot of fun in the individual tournament uh, a lot of fun in the team tournament, um, just to throw something new in there. The team tournament was a lot more relaxed. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, going into the team tournament, we, we had a good game plan and I, I think it turned out really well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about both of those because, um, you know, both you and, and Mike had such great showings uh, for that walk away with the, the team, uh, the team championship. You were just uh, right on the cusp of that cut off for the top five on the individuals um let's talk team first what what was the game plan um for for y'all heading into the the team event on sunday so in all honesty adam we didn't talk about it much um <laughs> there was no real game plan i mean we did play it um with austin and you know kenzo and derusha and svl 
we played it um, the way we would have, you know, figured out, okay, who's going to do which holes, um, which ones worked better for us. But that was really it. Um, mm -hmm. I think with the team, it just came, comes down to the fact that, you know, I play every time I go out, I play with him. So, yeah. you know, every time I go out, I'm I, until Virginia, I'm playing with, you know, the third best player in the world um, to push me and stuff like that. Plus in the team, the team event, you know, I know how he throws, he knows how I throw, um, he knows where to put me so that I can get a Reggie and vice versa. I, th I think it's really just comes down to, you know, we play with each other all the time, which unfortunately I don't think anybody else really has that, had that um, connection in the team tournament. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think uh, the two of you and then some of the Delaware teams uh, had that, although I, I, I don't know how much the, um, uh, the Delaware folks were, were focusing on the team event uh, compared to the individual event. Um, right. Not to say that they, they weren't at all, but, but yeah, that's, um, you know, you guys have been playing together uh, for a good bit. Any, um, any holes or shots that stand out uh, that, you know, either made you think, all right, we, we got a great shot at winning this or like, we're definitely going to uh, put this in the bag. Um, honestly, there wasn't a lot of holes. Um, you know, we, we left a lot out there. We really did. Um, coming into it, um, you know, we had a we had a plan of which holes we were gonna gonna each do. Um, the the cold definitely had something to do with it. Um, you know, we weren't throwing as long as we possibly could. Um, but I think you know once we started to relax a little bit after the third hole or so and just have fun. Um, there's some pictures out there of me jumping on Mike's shoulders or whatever <laughs> we were doing. Um, so just just once we relaxed and had some fun and said, okay, you know, we we can do this. Um, that was really it, um, you know, and then playing with Brooks and Matt, um, you know, when we, when we, at the end, when we beat them, um, I started thinking like, okay, you know, we might have a shot at this. Yeah. Uh, I knew Kenzo and, and Austin would be a fierce competition. And of course the Russia was playing with the creator. So that was a little scary. So when, <laughs> but when I got back and saw that we were, we were even, and, you know, everybody was coming in really around us or, or less than us, uh, you know, I really thought we had a good shot at it and it just, just played out the way we wanted it to. Yeah. So, uh, Kathy had a, uh, a, some pictures. She was, she and Gwendolyn were driving around, um, and they had some videos too. I, I saw one from, so y'all started on 18, which was a par five. Um, right. And then you go to hole one and, um, I saw a great video of y'all teeing off who had the speakers, uh, and who had the playlist, uh, between the, the two teams. So uh, we had the speaker and the playlist uh, starting out. I, you know, I had a speaker and I just decided um, it was in my car the whole, the whole weekend. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to bring the speaker out. We're going to have fun with this, whether we win or not, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. And uh, when we got to the first hole, I looked at Brooks and Matt and said, what kind of music do you like? And by then we played about two songs and they said, we love everything you've been playing. Anything you want to play, just, you know, if we have a problem, we'll let you know. And we, they didn't. So, uh, we brought the music. Brooks brought the brought the beer, and we were good to go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, I think it was Country Roads um, that uh, that was on when, uh, from Kathy's video clip. I was like, oh, because it was it was still pretty early in the morning. You know, this the sky looked great that morning, and I was like, man, that's a that's a nice nice touch. Yeah, uh, you know, um, if you hang around me long enough during the day, you're bound to hear Country Roads. Uh, there is a, I know there's a little bit of debate there about what that song's actually about, if it's West Virginia or Virginia, uh, you know, with the Shenandoah Mountains and stuff. But uh, 
we'll just keep it to West Virginia. And you guys I, have I love, else. I love uh, reading on on social media. My uh, a lot of the you know the students we've gotten to know uh, from JMU or other people that live in this area. You can always tell um, somebody who's lived in Harrisonburg or the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, they know that John Denver was writing about Western Virginia and not the state West Virginia. But you know that either way, it's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 it is uh he might have been writing about western virginia but he said west so we'll that's just right, go, we'll right. go with that I, I i'll give it that uh western virginia does not roll off the tongue the tongue uh particularly lyrically um so right. uh, that that makes sense yeah and you guys have sports teams and stuff west virginia doesn't have anything you got to give us something yeah well i i'll tell you wild and wonderful uh is one of the the best state uh I don't know if it's the motto or the the, the advertising uh, phrase, but we um when we drive to visit uh, Kathy's parents in Indiana, we spend a lot of time driving through West Virginia, and um, okay, I love their signage. Um, it's a beautiful state as long as it's not snowing or raining. Um, it's, yeah. it's pretty fun to drive through. It is. It's a great state, man. I like I said, I lived there for five years. Um, can't say enough about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the most gorgeous states I've ever been in. No, I haven't been everywhere. So, you know, Kenzo, if you're listening, I know it doesn't compare to Colorado, but, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to me, it's a gorgeous state and it'll always be home to me. Yeah. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. This episode of Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Yada Golf. Yada Golf and Fling Golf are a perfect pair. Both value inclusion, encouragement, passion, and being your whole self. Yada Golf has the best line of men's and women's golf shirts you'll find out there. I love the feel and texture of my polos, as well as their eye-catching designs. I'm currently rotating through Vintage King, Light Wave, and Fresh Flavors. And my favorite is whichever one I'm wearing that day. They've got premium polos for those who want to stand out on the golf course, and premium polos for those who want to keep a lower profile. Yada Golf. Master the shirt game, conquer the short game. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. Um. So yeah, you'll you'll walk away with um, uh, top honors at the um, the team event uh, on Sunday. Um, let's go back to Delaware real quick. Um, you uh, you you and I got to Delaware. Y'all played several practice rounds early. Um. And uh, you actually had, I think you were telling me, you had a really good round the day before the tournament um, at Delaware, didn't you? I did. Um, actually, funny story about Delaware. So about a week before Delaware, um, Big Cat came down with a, a stomach bug. Oh. You know, and he was, it was, it was more of a just a day bug, you know, two yeah. day bug, uh, nothing major. But he came down with a stomach bug, um, you know, on the toilet, stuff like that all day. Uh, and he was fine. Well, I came down with that same bug the day before we left. Oh. So there was a point, and he'll tell you, there was a point that I texted him that night that I had it. And I was like, dude, I don't even know if I'm going to go. Like, there's no way I can sit in the car for nine hours and not get sick. Right. Um, but luckily, you know, my wife, she laughs because I, uh, I door dashed um, Pepto-Bismol and cold medicine to try and try and kill it. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we got down there. I, I made it through the ride. Um, but I was, I was sick the whole time. Um, 
but yeah, I had a great round the the day before, and then uh, you know got paired with a great group. I, I can't complain about that group. You know, me, Big Cat, Austin, and John. Um, you know, the camaraderie there was amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't play the way I wanted to. Didn't uh, finish how I wanted it to go. Sorry about that. Didn't finish how I wanted it to go. Didn't you know? Didn't show my true talents, but just the camaraderie and the the event was amazing. You know, even if I didn't have the the round that I wanted to have, just being around all the fling golfers and and the camaraderie that was there, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. Um, you know, like we've like we've said, it's um uh, just a top notch community and a lot of fun to to get to be around uh, each other. So it was uh, that I I felt you know so much anticipation coming into the Virginia tournament, um, getting to have everybody in my backyard. Um, and, uh, not literally, but, uh, <laughs> figuratively, um, but it was, uh, it, yeah, a lot of fun to, to get out here and, uh, and, and see, you know, the, the folks who had, you know, put in work, who had come in, uh, you know, coming out of nowhere, seemingly like Scantron did, um, yeah. and, and others making, making leaps, um, you know, from top 20 to top 10 to, you know, you, you had a great day, um, shooting and, and finished sixth overall and um were right outside that cut <laughs> yeah no um yeah I, I couldn't be more happy with the way i performed in virginia um that was one of the things that i was i was really focused on um you know when me and big cat went down to delaware for the first time uh you know you didn't know what the competition was going to be like plus I'll be honest with you um i didn't know what a sidecar was until the day before the or the delaware tournament <laughs> um people were over like oh sidecar this i'm like what what is that you know we were doing flop shots on everything so um coming back from delaware just learning a lot from there um and then really just just honed it in and focused on it you know i was out probably three four times a week and i'll give my wife credit for that uh we do have a young child um she's one and a half but uh she really got behind me and was like listen i know this is important to you you know, go out and play as much as you want, you know, and make it happen. So I was able to get out a lot. I was able to practice a lot um, and make that jump, you know, to, to be where I want to be, to really show off the skills that I have. Um, nothing against any other other competitors, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. downplaying anybody, but but I just, I, I worked real hard on it and I'm, I'm glad that it showed. Yeah. Yeah. So what would, so um, what do you think were some of the, the things that um, really, helped you make the jump was it uh you know additional putting was it sidecar was it did you add any length um or any new shots so the sidecar was a new one um i really honed that one in for when i was around the green um Mm -hmm. and then austin you know uh at the delaware tournament told me he was like man like if you just could learn to putt you'd be great so i really focused on putting and then uh, I, I dialed in my short game because that's where I can beat Big Cat all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he beats me in the throws every time, if not, you know, nine out of ten. So he, he can throw it further than I can. So I had to figure something out to, you know, combat that because there are guys that can throw it farther than I can. And it's really mm-hmm. just the, the short game. Um, you know, you put me 150, 160 yards out and most of the time I can land it on the green. Nice. So what, um, yeah, what, uh, what's your approach at the, um, say 75 to a hundred yard shot? Are you, are you just taking a bit off on an overhand throw? 
yeah so i i'll do the overhand throw i'll take a bit off uh it's a lot like the uh high five that austin talks about and i think that mm -hmm. goes back to just having a basketball background me and austin were kind of talking about it in the the practice rounds in virginia um really showing you know if you if you take a flop shot but the way that you shoot a basketball and you flip your wrist that kind of puts a little bit of a backspin on it to get the ball to stick and i just mm -hmm. focused on that you know got real real good at that and you know just tried to get as many reggies as i can because you know when you don't throw it the furthest and you don't throw it you know 210 220 every time um you know just hitting the greens and making sure that you get it where you want it to be uh is is vital so that's just what i focused on and luckily it worked out for me yeah yeah um do you remember how many reggies you finished with uh eight eight okay yeah, you yeah your your gross score was, what was it, third best fourth so best. So I had, uh, I don't know if it was fourth or fifth. Um, I know I had a seventy nine gross, and Brooks shot an eighty gross, but he had more Reggies than I did, mm -hmm. so that got him into the top five. So, uh, gross wise, I would have been in the top five, but with the Reggies, he he edged me out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see how um how things develop and you know we we had a um a rule change on um gross score being the tiebreaker um going into um the final holes as well as um the uh total scores carrying over uh from the round of 18 to the the final three holes um as far as there's a difference between the Virginia and Delaware tournament so be curious to see if there's any other developments that uh that get modified or things like that any any thoughts you have on um what you'd like to see or what you'd like to see continue um i think overall i just want uh, um consistency whatever it may be um you know i think going into 2023 um you know if we want to start a tour like they're talking about you know and have five, six, seven, whatever events. Mm -hmm. um, and they were talking about world rankings and point systems and stuff like that. I think, um, you know, if you want those and you want, you know, true rankings, true point systems, you just got to have some consistency, at least on, um, you know, how you're going to get into the the finals. And, and I'm fine with whatever they choose. I think Reggie's are here to stay. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're good for the game, especially the newer players. Uh, it gets the scores down and to the point where they can be, wow, like, you know, I can shoot three over or four over, you know, versus if you're at golf and you don't play, you know, every day with regular golf, you're at seven, eight, nine over. So um, I think those are here to stay and I'm okay with that. Um, I would just love to see, see consistency and just see this sport grow because you see the passion uh, between all these players, you see the, the camaraderie and it's just amazing to think about what the sport can become, you know, when we all, put our mind to it and you know the sponsorships and everything like that is crazy so um it's really awesome to see this sport grow and i'm just excited to see what the future holds yeah you've um you've picked up some sponsorships um can you talk a little bit about those and give them a shout out yeah so i have uh definitely shout out to grunk dolfer and uh shank at golf those are my two big sponsors right now they've both been extremely supportive um you know and sending me gear just posting whatever I post or, you know, tagging me and stuff. And I've tagged them and stuff too. Um, you know, definitely throwing that, that code out there so everybody can get their own stuff and, uh, you know, dress like your favorite mountaineer. <laughs> but no, those guys are awesome. 
I uh, I can't say you know any bad words about any of them. They're they're both awesome supporters of of myself and Fling Golf, and you know I can't wait to see that sponsorship grow. I know Grunk Dolfer is in San Diego, so I'm trying to work on something for the tournament in San Diego with them nice. uh, to have them actually come down and get some content, maybe sell some gear. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, you mentioned uh, your nickname, uh, the Mountaineer. Um, have you had yeah. any um, body from West Virginia uh, reach out and uh, challenge you on being the Mountaineer? Um, I'm, I'm guessing there's others that uh, <laughs> claim that title too. Uh, luckily, I have not. Um, but if there is anybody from West Virginia out there listening, uh, I am the most competitive person you ever meet. So if you want to challenge me, feel free. I'll put the name on the line. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the Mountaineer, it's just a, a – I can't say enough about my time in West Virginia. Um, you know, the Mountaineers will always have a special place in my heart, uh, as will West Virginia. I thought it was it was great. Um, just to throw them a little shout out, just to see wherever this may go, and um, you know, we'll ride it until we can't ride it anymore. Yeah. Uh, plus, yeah. you know, I got the nice little slogan, you know, aim for the mountains, and so that's nice. That's cool. That's cool. I I, I thought. It's just a, a fantastic logo um, and a great uh, a great match uh, for you as well. Um, so that was a you know job well done on on getting that up. Who um, who set up the um, the artwork for you? Um, so I I reached out to a company on Facebook, um, and this is it's going to sound bad, but I can't remember their name. Uh, but I reached <laughs> out to a company on Facebook. They were a design firm. Um, and they were, they had one of those ads on there that was like, you know, oh, we'll do a design for five bucks or whatever. Um, and then after I realized, you know, what I wanted, it wasn't five bucks, but that's fine. Um, you know, but they were great. I, I talked to the guy, um, and he just said, Hey, you know, what, what do you want? Uh, what are you looking for? And I just told him, I said, I want a guy with a beard holding a golf ball in front of the mountains. Um, <laughs> so, so that's what he gave me. And, you know, here we are. Uh, so I think I can't be, you know, I couldn't be happier with the logo. Um, it's definitely, I think it definitely fits me. And then, um, you know, definitely fits my style and stuff like that. And and they came, they came out with that logo and it was, it was amazing. And I've tried to put it everywhere that I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, um, Hey, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned your wife, you mentioned, uh, your son, what, um, where did uh where did you two meet? Uh that's a funny story. Uh we actually met online, which I know is nice. Not taboo as it used to be, but uh I think I'm one of the only people that I know that can, you know, vouch for a uh, a marriage off a dating site. So plenty of fish if you're out there. Uh you know, <laughs> sponsorships are available. That's cool. That's cool. And um you said your son's a year and a half now? Oh, my daughter. Yeah. She's Your daughter. Okay. Nice. Uh, future fling golfer. Uh, I hope so. Definitely. Um, you know, I hope she gets the athletic genes. She's, she's starting to show some of it. Um, but yeah, definitely going to get it in, get her into it as fast as I can get her out on the course, throwing the ball around and we'll see, you know, who knows, maybe by the time that, you know, she goes to college, we can have fling golf scholarships. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. Um, 
Hey, I wanted to come back to your, um, you've mentioned a couple of times being uh, competitive and, and super competitive. What, uh, what's the background of that? What, what do you think drives your uh, competitive spirit? I've just played sports my whole life. Um, you know, sports, anybody that knows me will tell you that sports kind of consume my life um, from especially football, basketball, um, and then go into West Virginia on top of that. Mm-hmm. I was able to play basketball there um, at the D2 level and the club level. So that instilled, you know, even more competitiveness. And, uh, but yeah, going, going to a big school that really, really was big on sports, just fueled the fire even more. Um, like, again, I don't think West Virginia could have been a better fit for me. I've just been competitive my whole life, um, played sports my whole life. So just growing up around sports, my dad was really big into high school football. He was, he was really good at football. Um, mm-hmm. So just having that instilled in me, um, just I've just been competitive my whole life. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. The Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Mission Belt. Mission Belt is a belt company that donates a dollar from each belt sold to fight hunger and poverty through micro-lending. The belts are designed to fit perfectly without any holes so that you can tighten them to your exact liking. And let me tell you, they're incredible. I bought my first Mission Belt several months ago, and it's been the best belt I've ever owned. It adjusts every quarter of an inch, giving me the perfect fit every time. You've got to get you one of these. Like Fling Golf, Mission Belt was featured on Shark Tank, and I love that connection. And I love the fit, the look, and the ease of using the belt. Mission Belt fits perfectly, fights poverty. And now back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. That's cool. Um, you uh, you mentioned being a, a Steelers fan. Uh, what are the other? What are your other teams that you follow? Uh, Pittsburgh, everything except for Pitt. Um, so I am a Steelers, <laughs> Penguins, Pirates fan, and then uh, obviously West Virginia in everything college related. Um, but yeah, so Pittsburgh, everything other than Pitt. Uh, you know, being a WVU alum, uh, I cannot stand Pitt. But right now, Big Cat, he's a Pitt fan. So sometimes during the football season, you know, we got to take a break from talking to each other for a little bit. Well, and so the the backyard brawl is uh, restarting soon. So it restarted this year. This year, and they've got a they've got that for the next uh, few years, right? Yeah, I think it's the next four years. Um, they have it set up, and then you know uh, the rumor is WVU is trying to get into the ACC. So I hope that happens, and uh, we can continue that rivalry for you know forever because um, we missed it. Last time we played was 2011 before this year, so we had mm-hmm. 11 years without it, and it just you know football season just wasn't really the same. Um, we did. We lost a lot of rivalries when we left the Big East. Um, did you know football and then basketball too with like Syracuse and Villanova and yeah, all the other teams. Yeah. You know Louisville. Um, so we lost a lot. I think there's a lot in the ACC for us to join. Um, you know, get back with Miami and Virginia Tech and um, of course you know Syracuse and Pitt and stuff like that. So hopefully that pans out. Yeah, yeah. Conference realignment is really messed up some of some of those uh pit west virginia is one of them uh texas texas a&m is another one that went away um although it may be coming back when texas joins the sec um 
but you know that would then put Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, possibly uh, right. not happening. Uh, I think West Virginia uh, geographically makes a lot of sense in the um, in the ACC. Be interesting to see. I, I I grew up in Alabama, so I have always uh, followed Alabama or Auburn in the in the SEC, and it it's weird to think about a sixteen team conference. Um, yeah, fourteen is no. already a lot, and especially the way football is set up. That's um, uh, you know, on one hand, it's nice because there's a whole bunch of power players there, but you know, you don't get to go to you don't get to set up these rivalries by by visiting right. the other schools uh, that frequently. Yeah, and and you know, WVU uh, geographically is a great fit for the ACC. Um, I don't, you know, people way above my my uh, skill set and my pay grade get paid to make those decisions. Um, I don't know why we went to the Big 12. Just looking at it, we don't belong there at all. Like, you yeah. look at all the Texas teams and Oklahoma and stuff like that. And, I mean, I've traveled to, to Austin to watch a game. And, and don't get me wrong, it's an amazing experience. And yeah. I travel to watch West Virginia whenever I can. But, you know, the fact that or I think like one year our closest away game was like, 1700 miles away then you know you, you can't expect your fans to travel that far yeah 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 that makes it makes it tough but we'll see it, it seems yeah. like there's going to be something that's changing every year um so oh, yeah. We'll, uh, yeah you never we'll know i don't know yeah so you grew up in alabama huh so I, crimson tide fan or auburn well, funny story. So, um, I, uh, so my, I grew up, I lived in Brazil for, um, from when I was a year old until I was seven and, uh, oh, wow. my parents were missionaries and we moved back to Alabama where my mom grew up. And, um, I was in second grade when I, uh, when we moved back and, um, somebody asked me, um, who are you for? I was like, what are you talking about? They said, Alabama or Auburn. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and um right. uh, and in third grade, the um the girl I liked, my third grade girlfriend was an Auburn fan. And so I picked Auburn um and I stuck with them um until I went to graduate school uh in Tuscaloosa and uh realized that um I didn't have to remain an Auburn fan. Um uh I other than that um <laughs> that crush I had um in in third grade you know you can you can change i was paying some money to uh the university of alabama um and uh so i kind of went through the my first year of grad school was a a a changing over of loyalty um i got there about three days after nick saban did um so uh i i would guess there's probably a little bit of a fair weather fan in me uh as well um although that that first football season was not um, what it's been uh, the past several, um, as far as probably his, the last time he had a, well, I think they went seven and six that first season. Um, so I was there for those games. I, I was there for the Louisiana Monroe loss at home. Um, but uh, I've, I've said very frequently, Alabama could lose the rest of their football games the rest of my life, and I wouldn't have anything to complain about. Um, right. So yeah, I yeah. you know uh, uh, I had you know it was a huge huge deal you know were you an Auburn fan were you an Alabama fan? Um, my family was split. I think yeah, my um, I was an Auburn fan. My youngest sister was an uh, Auburn fan, and then my other sister and brother were um, Alabama fans. So 
now we kind of the Alabama fans outnumber the Auburn fans um, in my family. But I, my wife and I met in Tuscaloosa in grad school, um, so it's uh, it's. I, I don't think I want to make another switch. Um, although we we cheer for JMU um, since we're here in uh, in Harrisonburg and. They're a lot of fun to uh, to follow. Um, they've got a really good sports program and um, definitely uh, much more of an underdog than the the behemoth machine that uh, Alabama is. Yeah, with JMU, uh, their first year in the Division One, they've done pretty well. Yeah, yeah, they had a really really fun run. They started out five and zero. They got ranked, uh, which was uh, unheard of. There was there was really loose, uh, you know talk probably more hope than that that if if they had won their sixth game that uh the college game day schedule for their homecoming uh game which was the weekend of the um the fling golf open here in town uh that there was an outside chance game day might come back here game day has been to harrisonburg two different times um okay and so i was (laughs) i thought man if game day came here and there's an outside chance that the ESPN connection that uh, the boys uh, at New Swarm had with uh, with them, like might they do a flyover to the to the tournament uh, that Saturday morning? But yeah. JMU lost on the road um, that uh, weekend before, so that didn't, didn't come through. We'll have to have to get uh, ESPN here on their own uh, for the next time. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know that would have been an awesome sight to see. You know, game day there. Um, I've been a part of game day in West Virginia uh, before, mm-hmm. but that would have been an awesome sight to see. But I will say uh, there was enough traffic and enough people around that weekend with just the homecoming <laughs> that uh, I'm, I am glad that, you know, game day wasn't there. Um, yeah, that was yeah, something it, um, in Virginia. that man, I, It is an enterprise uh, all into itself. The, the two times they've been, I uh, it was a lot of fun to see them getting set up throughout the week. Um, uh, and then to, I, I went there with Latham the first time i think he must have been like a year and a half maybe and then the second time uh, that they came he probably was six or seven and Gwendolyn would have been a year and a half or two um okay. or, or three at that point but um we yeah we got we got pictures um around there and um and yeah it's a really really fun and, and unique experience for them to, to come to a small place uh, like that but whether it's you know game day at Ohio State or West Virginia or, or JMU, it's always a, a big party. Yeah, no, and it was, I mean, that that city was very welcoming, um, especially for a, a small town. You know, I felt very welcomed, and the people there genuinely had an interest in fling golf. Um, one of the guys, I actually, we were, the day of the tournament, we were, the individual tournament, we were uh, eating breakfast at IHOP beforehand, and two guys walked in, and you know, they were talking about the tournament and it was the one guy it was like a second or third time playing. Um, I think he actually played with DeRussia. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, but I think he did. Uh, I ended up actually lending him my extra stick that morning. Um, he said he didn't have a stick, but he was going to rent one or something. And I said, Hey, I got an extra ballistic, you know, just give it back to me at the end of the, the tournament. And, oh, uh, nice. So yeah, he used it the whole time and said it treated him well. So I'm glad. That's cool. That's cool. No, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great place. Um, and I, I know both heritage Oaks and, um, Massanutten were really, uh, appreciative. Um, and, but also I think they were a bit surprised in a positive way. They, um, 
you know, I think there was a bit, they were a bit taken aback by how many practice rounds people were playing, um, how seriously uh, folks were taking the competition, you know, whether not only, you know, practice rounds um, on the course, but uh, on the driving range, uh, on the um, putting greens, people practicing and really honing, honing their skills. I think that um, uh, that was a, a really, that really made a positive impact because, um, you know, there's a, there's a seriousness that people are taking this, that it's, while it's a lot of fun, um, it's also, it's, it's a com- competition and, you know, we want to be as good as possible with that. I think that that was, uh, that was really cool to hear on that feedback that, um, you know, we can go out and have a good time uh, playing around. I mean, fling golf is obviously a hundred times more fun than traditional golf. Um, but there's also that, uh, competitiveness and professionalism that's developing. Yeah. Oh, completely. Um, you know, we made it, you know, uh, in, in Delaware and in Virginia, you know, we made it down and made it a, a point to be down there a few days early just to, to play the courses and to, to really get a feel for it. And I think, you know, being down there on, on Thursday, being able to play Thursday, Friday, um, definitely helped me just, just knowing the course, especially, uh, Heritage Oaks, that's a big course. Um, and just knowing the ins and outs of it, how each hole played, um, stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, it's it's invaluable. And I can't say enough about, you know, the guys that I played my practice rounds with. Um, I think at one point we were in eight some playing and the, the guys <laughs> at Heritage Oaks didn't mind, which was perfectly fine with me. Um, but yeah, I played with uh, Russia, Big Cat, Austin Kenzo, SVL, uh, Jake Anderson played with us, uh, the Island Hopper. Uh, Rosie was with us for a little bit. Um, I did see Sam out there. He didn't join us. He was playing by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see him out there beforehand. And again, those practice rounds are invaluable, um, especially just if not for your practice, just for camaraderie. Like you want to be there with those guys. You want to get to know them, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and really hone in the sport. Um, I think it's great that, you know, uh, you know, I use this term loosely, but the the core players were out there really practicing. And, and, and like I said, I've, I've heard from people that, you know, maybe weren't at Delaware or, you know, don't play as much or haven't played as much that, you know, all the core guys were very welcoming. And that's, that's just a credit to fling golf in the community. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that falls back to Alex and John and Steve and all those guys just being as, as welcoming as they are, you know, um, it's kind of like, remember the Titans, you know, attitude reflect, reflects leadership. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. they, they showed us to be open and open and, very, very welcoming and, and anything we can do to grow this sport. And I think that's been reciprocated in the, the community itself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, uh, it was cool too, to, um, to see some, some, some of the new connections uh, getting made. Um, I know that there was uh, Pennsylvania probably had the second largest contingency of players uh, right behind Delaware. Yeah. That's a funny story. I, we had like seven people down there. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing was, is there was uh, Erie and then there was us. So me and Mike and Ryan Stainbrook, Soldier Boy, um, we play together quite often. Um, and we're all from the same area. There's, there's three of us there. And then Jamie and, and those guys up in Erie, um, they play a lot there. And, you know, Erie and, and uh, where we're at, you know, kind of the Ohio border, it's only about an hour away. So, you know, we met them down there and really got to know them and uh, Jamie and his his girlfriend were up last week, and we actually played around with them at at Bronzewood. So oh, it's nice. nice to see that that relationship forming. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I liked hearing um, 
uh, hearing some of the talk about, um, you know, some of these, uh, you know, different types of competitions, right? We did the team tournament for the first time. Um, it'd be cool. Uh, Pennsylvania's got some power players. Delaware definitely has, uh, you know, some of the best ones in the country too, to see what a, um, a PADE um, showdown would look like. Oh, we got them for sure. They, they got Austin <laughs> and they got some power players, but I think if you go down the line and match for match, um, you know, I think we got them. I'm sure Austin and those guys will have something to say about that, but uh, I definitely think we could, you know, head to head, we'd beat them, but we'll see. I'm hoping that uh, we can make that happen in the spring. There's been a lot of talk about it between Jamie and Tin Man, myself, Austin, you know, Big Cat, um, you know, maybe meeting in the middle uh, somewhere in, you know, Maryland, West Virginia, uh, and getting around 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 out and really seeing, you know, going head to head. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, I'd be, I'd be, I'd love to see what the negotiation is on uh, what course, what which course uh, would get played, because uh, it's. I would think it'd still be Pennsylvania would still probably be halfway in between um, from a distance yeah. perspective. Yeah. And that's the funny thing about living in Pennsylvania. You know, I was talking to people down in Virginia and I was talking to people just in general and you, you talk about playing golf and they're like, Oh, you know, have you played at uh, you know, so-and-so course in Harrisburg? Well, no, Harrisburg's four <laughs> hours from me. Or, you know, what about these courses in Philadelphia? That's seven hours away. Um, but yeah, Pennsylvania's huge. So there's a lot of courses out there. Um, a lot of people that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people seeing the sport in Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, op- I'm always open to, you know, message me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be, you know, myself, Big Cat, Jamie, whoever, you know, we, we can meet up and, you know, or at least, you know, talk and help you through any problems you're having or give you any tips or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Talking about distance. It's funny. I think that New York city is about a six and a half, seven hour drive from where we are here in Harrisonburg. And you're in the same state uh, to get to your most populous city would still be a seven hour uh, jaunt. Yes. Yes. But, uh, you know, being a Pittsburgh fan and uh, being from Pittsburgh, there's a bit of rivalry there. I try to stay away from Philadelphia as much as I can. I was going to say, there's um, probably not any desire to get over there to begin with. <laughs> um, No, not really. Um, I will say, like, for most Pennsylvanians, especially like over on this side, um, it is a place like you want to go like once in your life, just because, you know, I, I hate Philadelphia. I really do. But um the the history there yeah is kind of yeah. unrivaled you know to see the liberty bell and the declaration of independence and independence hall um you have to go once in your life to just mm-hmm. see that um but other than that you know the cheesesteaks aren't even that good <laughs> and we will be right back after this message from our sponsor and now back to the future of the fairway podcast Let's see. What else do what else have we not covered? Um, well, we could talk about how uh Latham 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 uh spurned me on the individual tournament. It was funny. Oh, um, oh yeah. I'm always up for um hearing inappropriate things my son says. So it was hilarious. So so I took sixth and we were sitting at the lunch, um, you know, just talking and waiting for the final results. And we kind of knew that I had taken six and it was getting down to the end, and I watched Latham go around to the top five and he had the golf balls and asked everybody to sign it. 
Uh, and then he just kind of looked at me and walked away. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, but I did get I did get a Latham ball, and I signed a ball for him during the uh, the team tournament. So it is proudly displayed in my my golf ball display case. Um, so yeah, I was happy to, you know, I redeemed myself uh, with a team <laughs> win. So I was able to to get Latham to sign a ball. <laughs> Oh, how funny. Well, he, yeah, he was, uh, oh, he and Gwendolyn were both so stoked with, um, with getting balls, um, across that weekend. And we're, we're still working to figure out which kind of a display case we want to get if we want to get them one for each or one, like a family display that we, we can put them all up. But I've, I've enjoyed seeing some of the pictures that, uh, folks have been putting up, uh, of what they're doing. Uh, Duresha had posted his uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's, um, pretty cool to uh pretty cool to see yeah his uh his setup is unrivaled man um with those with those sticks on the wall and mm -hmm. and the case right in the middle um i mean i have a case sitting i have a man cave uh down in my basement so a lot of steelers gear you know west virginia gear my, i got my basketball jersey framed from college um but the golf ball display is uh right there with them um i did learn though when i went to go put all the golf balls i had in the display case, I learned that I have a lot of West Virginia golf balls, like just decorative golf balls. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> didn't realize I had that many. People just keep giving them to me for Christmas. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, is that a Jerry West jersey that you had um, uh, framed up? Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, if you walk into my man cave, I have, there's like two rooms. One is um kind of like my office that's where the jerry west jersey is i, I use it for my, my computers in there i'm sitting in there right now um, mm -hmm. that's what i use for like my master's work and stuff but uh if you go into the the room with the tv there's a, a whole bunch of steelers jerseys hung up and signed jerseys and memorabilia and all that stuff i'm real big into sports memorabilia so a bunch awesome. of stuff awesome. what's uh what would you say are your three of your favorites uh of your memorabilia that you have um I have a Deontay Johnson yellow Pittsburgh jersey Ooh. that um that that's that's pretty pretty high up there. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's jersey and then yeah the, the Jerry West jersey um is pretty cool. I got it off of a, a WVU um, alumni you know site or whatever. I forget where I got it. You know mm -hmm. um, I forget if it was through Facebook or eBay, but it was it was an official WVU alumni site and they they say it's game worn um from the 50s but uh for the amount that i paid for it i'm not really sure about that so <laughs> we'll just say it is that's great yeah i uh jerry west is uh such a great um basketball player when i lived in san antonio um i had always been a, a basketball fan and but I grew up in Alabama, the Hawks were about the closest uh, NBA team. And uh, outside of Dominique being there, there wasn't really much to to follow. So, you know, like most other people uh, was a Bulls fan because Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Um, uh, but uh, living in San Antonio for five years uh, fully converted and immersed me um, into um, a Spurs fan. But watching the front offices uh, and, and seeing Jerry West have, you know, his fingerprints on a, a whole bunch of different places like golden state um uh where uh, steve kerr uh, had been who i'll claim steve kerr as a spur i know he was a bull as well and uh, has has a lot of different 
uh, inputs into what's made him a great coach. But um, I know uh, Jerry yeah, West so, uh, uh, did a lot uh, to help uh, Golden State uh, be where they are today. Yeah, it's crazy as I get older and as I really dived into the NBA a little bit, um, it's crazy how much, you know, his fingerprints are all over the NBA. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean about the Bulls because growing up, um, you know, in, in the late 90s, I was a, a big Michael Jordan fan, a big Bulls fan. Um, and it's crazy to think about like the the amount of power that that man had just like you, you made some kid from rural Pennsylvania, a Chicago fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how that happened, but um, every year Mario Lemieux has like a celebrity golf tournament uh -huh. and it's sponsored by PNC. And I remember I was like eight years old and uh, my grandpa took me down to watch it because he was high up in banking. And uh, mm -hmm. so we got like really good. You were able to walk the course with the guys and stuff. And the the foursome that was the, the main foursome was uh, Michael Jordan, Jerry West, Mario Lemieux and Yamir Yager. Oh, so man. that was insane. Yeah, that was it was crazy to watch them. You know, I mean, they weren't golfers, but it was crazy to watch them. And then Arnold Palmer was there and Jack Nicklaus. I mean, it was it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I had a work trip to Chicago. Um, this would have been 2013, 2014. And it timed out so that the um, Spurs were actually in town. And so I'd never been to the United Center. And uh, so uh, I, the night before my meetings, I obviously got a ticket and went and watched the, the game, but, uh, you know, got a picture with the uh, Jordan statue outside the United center, uh, got a picture of their, uh, six, those six, uh, championship, uh, trophies that they had. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, kids from rural Alabama, uh, rural Pennsylvania, you know, right. Yeah. Rural places all over the world. Uh, not only in the U S um, uh, quite the, Quite the impact. I, I'm guessing that you um, you watched The Last Dance like everybody else probably around our age. I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. It was a. It was a really yeah. That was a fantastic documentary and uh, just a lot of fun. Um, I know that you know, as I've gotten older too, you know, there are certain things about image and what you believe about people and how they appear in commercials or whatnot is you know sometimes there's facades and other things, but. Um, I think one of the things that's been uh, an interesting learning about Michael Jordan is that competitiveness and the ruthlessness uh, that he has, um, is, I, I think, is probably one of the things that separates him from other competitors. Um, and <laughs> comically, to some extent, uh, it, that that came across in the last dance with um, uh, people, you know, the documentarian would record somebody doing an interview like i think uh, gary payton was a good example where payton was talking about him playing better than jordan so they replayed that clip to jordan he just scoffs and he's like there's no way gary payton was better than me yeah no he had a he had a competitive spirit like no other um you know him and kobe kobe had that same kind of spirit mm -hmm. and, uh there's multiple stories about kobe having that that spirit. So, uh, in the world of fling golf, you know, we'll let uh, we'll let Austin have the the flair of Michael Jordan. I'll just be the Kobe with more rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I would say that um, there's even at even at the most competitive, there's still an inclusiveness that uh, fling golf has so far, anyway. Oh. Um, that we've not yet uh, gotten a um. Michael Jordan like punch you in the face on a practice round at least that I'm aware of 
Um. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, if we ever get walkout music, I got dibs on the 96 Bulls intro. <laughs> oh, that's oh, walkout music. That would be that would be cool to um, cool to get. Um, speaking of interest music, uh, are, are you a wrestling fan? See, I am not. I mean, I, I watched it um, when I was younger, just, you know, because it was the only thing right, on right. TV late at night when I wasn't supposed to be watching TV. <laughs> um, so I was a big, like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, um, you know, big big into The Rock when he was younger. Uh, but back then it was the WWF and the, you know, NWO and it was two different ones. And then they, now they're all just kind of combined. Um, but it's yeah. still entertaining to watch. I think nowadays I like the stories more than I like the the actual wrestling itself. Right, right. Any um, uh, if you uh had to pick any, let let's take a uh, big cat. Who would uh who would big cat's uh wrestling uh equivalent be, as best you could uh, as best you could tell. Man, uh, that's a question I never thought I'd be asked. <laughs> I probably probably the big show. Uh big show, and, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Big cat, he, he's one of those people. He's he's real gentle. He's a gentle giant, but uh he's got a competitive side to him. He can he can talk some smack. Yeah. How about how about you for you? Who would you pick out? Ah man. John Cena, because you don't see me coming. <laughs> All right, let's see. But yeah, definitely, definitely John Cena. Yeah, the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on, uh, just, you know, just overall, I wanted to say, you know, thank you to Alex and, and Steve and John. Um, without those guys, you know, we would be nowhere near where we are. Um, it's crazy for me to think back to, you know, 2017 when I started playing with Big Cat and think back to, you know, I think when I joined the players page, there was like 12 people on there. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, um, credit to everybody, credit to, you know, all those guys, especially there's a few ones in there, you know, Dillinger and, and Sonny uh, that weren't able to make it out to Virginia that I, you know, I can't wait to see them again and play with them again. Mm -hmm. Hopefully San Diego or, or wherever it is next. Um, you know, I'm excited to see where this sport goes. Um, like you've been saying the whole time, man, the camaraderie and the, the welcoming, welcomingness um, of this group is just amazing. Um you know, definitely, you know, everybody I played with. And I'll tell you what, SVL, man, he dials in and, and is such a, a stat guy and a, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the terms of this is how we're throwing. This is how you do it this way. And that guy, he can create a shot, um, you know, and just think of it and be like, this is what you need to do. And it works every time. Um, so, so he's great for the sport. Um, there's some great players coming up. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see, you know, how we get this thing rolling and how we, how we grow it. And, you know, hopefully uh, I, I don't have to sell paint forever. Hopefully I can just be a professional fling golfer. That That's the dream, right? That that would be, uh, that'd oh, be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, credit to everybody, man. I, I can't thank this group enough for being, uh, you know, so welcoming and, and opening their arms to everybody, especially, you know, you guys, um, you and Mike and, and Austin for, I know how much I couldn't imagine how much it takes to, to start a tournament and to make sure everything is in the right spaces and make sure it goes off without a hitch. And, and both tournaments, Delaware and Virginia have gone off 
um like i said without a hitch and they've they've been they've been perfect so far so everybody else has a lot to live up to with you guys well thank you for that that's very very kind um and uh i very much appreciate it and can't wait to do it again uh yeah a lot of work but uh a lot of fun as well absolutely and i will uh me and mike are gonna start a uh a tour of the fling golf champion uh necklaces to uh you know where we going next because me and him always find our way into uh some some crazy adventures and some random trips to to who knows where um so we should have, <laughs> hey, have they uh, have they made an appearance at the tailgate yet the, they just did uh sunday okay. so yeah sunday they were there um one of these days i'm going to bring it to like a work meeting and just wear it and just see what happens <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, I, I, I will mention too, um, I think it was a really good note um, that y'all gave that um, if if we can get uh, those necklaces to be spinners next year, uh, that'll be a nice step up. So I'll, I'll, I'll be looking into that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, me and Mike are going to repeat. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love a spinner. Very cool. Well, Zach, uh, you be well. Uh, great, great talking to you. Thanks for your time. And um, uh, yeah, can't wait to see you soon. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, you know, if I don't get to see you or talk to you, have a great holiday season. I hope you enjoy it with your family, man. And uh, I'll be looking forward to the next time we get to play together. Sounds great. You as well. All right. Thank you. Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast with Adam Copeland. I am glad to have you back listening to uh, today's episode, and I'm just as likely, just as uh, similarly thrilled uh, to welcome Zach Mulvey, uh, the Mountaineer, uh, to d- today's podcast. Uh, Zach hails from Pennsylvania, uh, is a top ten fling golfer uh, from the individual standpoint. He is half of the team champion. Uh, he and Big Cat took. Uh, Top honors at the team tournament in the Virginia Fling Golf Open uh, in October, and uh, an all-around fantastic guy. We had a great conversation, uh, speaking about uh, his his background with fling golf, how he came to uh, find out about the sport, uh, how he's grown in it, uh, what he's focused on, and improving his game. Uh, Zach went from I think nineteenth uh, at the Delaware tournament to sixth. Um, at the Virginia Fling Golf Open. Um, just a, a great player, great guy. Uh, we we get into talking about college sports um, and college sports loyalties uh, as well in this podcast, um, along with a whole bunch of other topics, as we usually do uh, on the future of the fairway. So um, thank you for being here. Um, if you have not done so, please go and give the podcast a, a five-star rating wherever you listen. Uh, leave a comment or a review um, so that we can get uh, the podcast out to more and more folks. Um, I really think that uh, this podcast is not only a lot of fun, but it uh, can be really informative uh, to let people know about uh, the great players that we have in the sport, the great community that we have, um, and, and listening to uh, some of the stories that we uh, find along the way about not only about fling golf, but about each other. So 
once again, thanks for being here. Go and rate us, leave a comment. And now we will go over and listen to the Mountaineer. And welcome to the after show. Uh, I'm Adam Copeland, the Podfather, and I am with Austin Eversoul. It's showtime. Showtime. <laughs> For all those of you who um, have seen Remember the Titans and Remember uh, Summertime, uh, that's what I'm referencing. Um, it's not a special uh, nickname that, uh, or way of saying Austin's name that I have that nobody else does. Everybody can <laughs> join in oh no it's special it's special to me adam i'm I'm so (laughs) happy you do that and uh you know uh, a couple weeks ago when halloween was happening uh, everyone was doing the beetlejuice it (laughs) it's showtime so uh i've been hearing it a lot i love it i'm I'm sad that i didn't capitalize on it but there's always halloween next year yeah yeah Uh, so do you did you finish all the candy or do you stash any and hide some (sighs) yeah so i um I finished damn near most of it. Uh, <laughs> Brooke definitely was helping me. Believe it or not, like I said, I, I'm not the biggest like Reese's peanut butter cup fan and, and uh-huh. even the almond joy. So Brooke helped me with that stuff. But the pure sugar stuff and the Snickers and the Twix bars were, oh man, it was so good. <laughs> All right. So last time I asked you your favorites, um, you mentioned some you don't like. Do you have any, what are your three or four that you absolutely avoid? Oh, candy corn, first and foremost. Thank you. Thank um, you. You can't even, you just, you can't. It's like, you why? cannot have candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one, uh, believe it or not, like Tootsie Rolls. It, 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 it's not that I hate them, but like they just stick to your teeth. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like the Mary Jane candies. And, and so pretty much anything that's just like you're gnawing on a rock. Okay. It's just okay. not okay. And and believe it or not, like candy apples. Quit putting candy apples out for trick or treat people. Like one, they go stale so fast, the mm-hmm. apple does. But like the caramel gets way too hard. You totally right. shatter a tooth and it's just not going to work. Well, it's also usually like so much apple. It's like, so much. It's like for four people. Right. It's not even a Granny Smith. It's the whole damn family apple. <laughs> I, I've never been uh, much of a caramel apple fan either, so I, I'll concur with that. Uh, let's finish up with one that's controversial in our house. Um, where do you stand on either banana flavor or specifically banana Laffy Taffy? Man, I don't. I, all right, I'm going to come out. If there's a banana flavor, anything, I'm all about it. There we go. There we I go. All about it. Like there's a local ice cream place half mile down the road, homemade ice cream. They have a banana flavor with banana chunks in it. And it is what I get 99% of the time. And it's amazing. And you know what? I'm judged for it, but I don't care. It's well, amazing. You, uh, you have a partner in arms with that. I Give me all the banana runts. Give me the banana Laffy Taffy. All um, of it. It it works out well. Um, somehow my wife's convinced our kids that uh, banana anything is is bad, um, at least candy wise. We we make them eat a banana every morning. So, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So here's the funny thing: I like the flavor more than I like the fruit. <laughs> so uh, and, and there's a couple other fruits like that, but banana. Yeah, man, dude, I am all in on banana everything. Banana everything, <laughs> peach everything, and mango everything. Those would be oh, like okay. my total flavors to choose sweet 
Sweet. Hey, so we wrapped up uh, last week with insights around being confident, um, and we were finishing up talking about reaching out via social, in particular Instagram. I'm curious, um, in looking at marketing yourself, um, what are the other socials uh, that you're on? Um, How active are you? Um, And what are you doing with that? Yeah, so uh, the first one that I can't stress enough to people is LinkedIn. Mm. Um, getting on there and connecting with people more on a, a professional sense of, of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use that to to promote the sport, fling golf, World League fling golf. Um, I am also a new swarm athlete, so I'm able to promote myself in, in that way there. So mm-hmm. LinkedIn's not so much Showtime; it's definitely sure. more Austin Ebersol. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in that page, which is total contrast to Instagram, like we talked about, um, where that is the full tilt, you know, <laughs> the talking rock and in the bathtub type of stuff. Um, so it's a polar opposite. It's definitely my alter ego. Uh, but I do use Facebook as well, you know, obviously mm-hmm. the players page. Um, but I, I really actually, to be honest with you, I try to use my Facebook for the family and friends stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm you know, complaining about how bad the Vikings are playing or how the Flyers need to fire this person and the Raptors, <laughs> like, what's going on? And, and you know, the Cardinals, like, what are they doing? How have they not signed a shortstop yet type of deal? Um, I'm still eligible. Like, you guys could still call me. Uh, yeah, guys, like, I'm only 30 <laughs> and you're handing out $400 million to, like, 29-year-olds, so I'm not sure how I'm not getting mine yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Facebook is the family friendly thing. LinkedIn is the, is the professional, like, Hey, like, like just connecting with as many sources as possible. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram is the, yeah, let's, let's make a real and TikTok and, and, you know, a little high school musical stuff there, big guy. There we go. You know? So yeah, that's, those are the three though, that I'm really trying to capitalize on. Sweet. Um, and, and so you, um, are doing a little bit of, taking a different, uh, presenting a, maybe not presenting a different view of yourself, but you've got, you know, you're still authentic. You're still yourself in all of those. Um, but they're definitely pitched to different audiences. Uh, LinkedIn, I think an Instagram is a really good contrast. LinkedIn, uh, mostly, uh, highly professional stuff. Um, and, uh, maybe not highly professional, but keeping it more business focused, uh, for that professional development, um, and business relationships where IG is, it's wide open, right? It's wide open, baby. It's Route 66, baby. <laughs> so uh, how? Uh, what's your – do you have a plan on uh, a per-week basis of what you're going to post? Um, do you have um, – you know, are you looking to do something every every day, every other day? Are you doing every – like twice a day, uh, a frequency plan? What, uh, yeah, what are some so, of your uh, – what's some of your background on doing that? Yeah, so it's really cool, um, you know – First and foremost, before I even dive in, it's it's very important for everybody to know that you do not have to do it every day to be an mm. active social media person. Um, it helps, mm-hmm. but you don't have to. But on the flip side, you can't do one post a month and expect any sponsor sure. or company to be like, that's the person I need to get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So... I just wanted to cover that up front. You don't have to live on the gram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, but you do have to be active. Whether And, and honestly, just liking things and commenting on things already goes a long way for you. Um, but what I do in particular is LinkedIn, I look to do about two things a week. 
Okay. Again, it's more of a professional setting. So maybe there is where I promote my signature stick or my credentials or fling golf. Even they, they, they post mm-hmm. something and I just reshare it. Uh, resharing stuff also counts as posting. And I think that kind of slides through the cracks with people and they're like, Oh, I have to do a selfie or a video. No, 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 no. Even if you share something else, mm-hmm. that's still getting your stuff into the algorithm to get, you know, reshared and more views. So yeah, LinkedIn, I, I like to do about two things a week just to stay afloat and, and stay, you know, keep up with my connections. Um, Instagram though, I, I do it every day. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Instagram for me though, but to see, that's the fun part, right? So mm-hmm. naturally you're a little bit more drawn to that anyways. Um, with all of my sponsors, I, I really try to be fair and promote them all. Uh, I'm always wearing pins and aces. So okay. it's hard. It's hard to not give them a lot of love. And I, I totally love, I love, love, love their polos and hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like Neven eyewear, freestyle watches, Revelation, Waterfly, like the whole the whole nine yards is all happening. Um, so I try to be fair and and give at least all of them one exclusive post a week, while okay. also filtering just the humor and and the yeah, randomness yeah. of other things. So, but that's by choice. Again, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's be be fair to all of my sponsors, but have fun and, and, and stay true to myself, you know, be, it's kind of funny. Like I'm Austin on LinkedIn, but I'm showtime on the gram. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, it's a little Jack on Hyde type of situation. Well, let's uh, say Clark Kent and Superman. Hey, I'll take that too. I like that <laughs> little Anakin and the invader, you know? There you go. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that might be true. Cause you know, at least, at least Clark Kent and Superman, like they're both good guys. Yeah. Showtime, he he's a uh, he's a little out there. Oh, um, oh, is he? Interesting. He's a little out there, but Austin's very relaxed and definitely well, a guy you, you want to have a beer with. All right, so Anakin episode one or uh, episode three? Because like you could, be, I would say Anakin episode three may be just as bad as Darth Vader. No, right. oh my god, he was so whiny. He was so whiny <laughs> and annoying. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty damn good good you know contrast there because it's probably like austin's like little annie doing the races you know fixing his own <laughs> his own stuff and then you got you know crybaby annie who's out here like like totally like angry teenager mode on the world <laughs> so not the showtime's angry but they are totally polar opposites yeah. so yeah it's a pretty good pretty funny comparison um hey tell me your um how you manage uh, between your uh, posting to your feed, posting a story and posting a reel on Instagram. Yeah. So I try, um, I think posting on the story, you can go unlimited Mm -hmm. and that's where I really try to help my sponsors out. Um, I'll post like if they, if they do a post, I share it to my story and Mm -hmm. that helps my people to see their product and their stuff. Um, so you could have that thing be, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 stories long. Obviously you don't want to be too long because then people are just like, and they want to get through it or they're like, okay, I'm not looking at Austin's stuff anymore. So (laughs) I try not to go past like seven or eight if I can. Um, now on my own profile, on my own grid, I only do one big post a day myself again, because 
the fact that I do it every day, I don't want people to get so annoyed if I'm dropping like eight different pictures of myself. Right. And also, like, even I don't want to see myself that much. <laughs> and I know that may be hard to believe for some people. Uh, but I promise you, like, I just, you know, it's like one one good post on my grid. Um, and then in the stories, like, have at it. Like, that is where you really support. Like, like you know, if you do something funny, I'm like, oh, dude, Adam, like, dude, that's so funny. And I want my people to see it. And, it, you know, you're kind of like directing the traffic of, of the social media with the stories and i think that's why they're a huge thing but yeah one one post myself and then everything else is story wise if i laughed at it if it's great if it's it's a sponsor or even american classic you know i'll um yeah every time they do something i obviously share it it's my home course my family business so yep. but yeah have at it man that story dude let it let it go let it go um how long does it take you to produce a reel Oh, I'm so fast at it. Awesome. Um, I hear I hear all these people talk about like, oh my god, it took me like three hours. <laughs> and I'm like, if it took you three hours, you had no idea what to do. Like, you right. know, you're like, oh, that's funny. Either that or you like you fell asleep. Sometimes I'm like, you know, you're just scrolling and they're like <laughs> and they wake back up like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do that one. I, I'm just really fast at it. Um and I, I pride myself in like one take. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, doing, you know, it, I don't know anything. I'm talking about like the rock thing that I did the other, the other week that was mm -hmm. like, just came to mind. I'm like, I won the blue rock from Virginia. So yeah. I'm going <laughs> to go after, I'm going to go after the rock right now and tag him. If I can get his attention, that's great. And I'm like, Hey, Dwayne, it's the rock. <laughs> like, do you actually smell what the rock is cooking? It was and, perfect. Um, I, one I take. Like, oh my goodness. This was, this was too good. Too good. Have you heard back from him yet? I haven't heard anything yet, uh, okay. but it did say it was seen in his DMs. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he gets a lot of, a lot of, a lot of questions. I'm specifically sure so. if you, if he can actually smell what he's cooking. I was going to say, it's probably not the first time a rock's been talking to him either. Uh, <laughs> right. But I got to tell you, for some a rock trophy and a bluestone rock. And showtime. 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 <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, th I think this has been a, a really good encapsulation. Thanks for the um, words of wisdom and insights uh, on yeah, this. Man. And uh, next week we'll be back with the after show. Um, we'll be going into part three of marketing yourself and um, and whatever else comes up. You didn't know that you were going to get some Star Wars uh, analysis tonight. Uh, we still had uh, a little bit of uh, leftover candy that we walked through. Um, I guess probably next week we'll be getting close to Thanksgiving. We'll put that on the menu. Uh, what are the, what's your plate? If you got four or five spots, what's on there? What's getting left off? Let's do it. I love Thanksgiving. Oh, I do too. Of course, of course we both like the same things. I know. Banana bros. Banana <laughs> we need a we need a boat and we need to get two other folks. We'll get the big cat and mountaineer. We need to get a banana boat bro's picture. Are we gonna be rocking banana hammocks too? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh here's a shout out to Fling Off Hawaii. Uh I know that uh y'all are looking at a tournament maybe in twenty twenty four. Um uh so I could be on a banana boat. <laughs> Yeah, I'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll see what pins and aces can do for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you never know what you can get on the after show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time.
See you guys later. Like I said, you never know what you're going to get on the after show or for that matter, future of the fairway. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, shout, shout out again to Zach Mulvey, to Austin Ebersol for joining and uh, to you for listening. Uh, future of the fairway podcast is produced by Adam Copeland is recorded today's episode uh, via riverside.fm and zoom um, and edited on anchor.fm. Hope you have a great rest of your week uh, or whenever you're listening to this, uh, hope is a good one. And until next time, happy flinging.